said, I'm Adams, and uh, it's really a privilege just to, to give glory to God this morning. And um, as we were worshiping, just, I mean, we did three songs this morning. The first one's name, um, faithful, and the second one, because of the cross, and the, second, the third one was, worthy is your name. And just through those songs, I was standing here, and I was like, Lord, like, I don't even have to preach. If everyone here this morning just listened to the words that we just sang, like we can go home. <laughs> like that, that's my preach. That was, and, and those three, um, even those titles just basically is a summary of my preach this, this morning. And then um, the word that I now, or, or just how, how we landed the, the worship. And then um, uh, Quirtzen, you, you started off before you shared the words. You said, um, Jesus wants people who are devoted to him. And that's like, I was like, did you guys literally took my notes? Like, did you, can you please stop? <laughs> Otherwise, like, we can really just go home. But I'm, I'm still going to try and color in the rest of the preach that they haven't shared. <laughs> uh, because I did prepare, and uh, I, want, I would like to, to share um, what I really believe is on uh, something on God's heart. Obviously, if you take the Bible and you share it with people, you are sharing something that's on God's heart. Did you get that? If you take the word and you share scripture with people, not out of context, in context, you are sharing something to people that's on God, God's heart. And that's, that's what I want to do this morning. Um, <clears throat> so just to get everyone on the same page, uh, before we jump into some scriptures and, and stuff, imagine yourself, imagine something you don't like. Okay, imagine get that something in you. So I know for higher, that's losing. I mean, tom uh, tomatoes. Quetzin, <laughs> uh, I know yours is garnish or anything vegetable or fruit. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so, okay, for, personally for myself, it, it's also tomatoes. I don't eat tomatoes. Um, but I do eat everything that is made of tomatoes. Please don't ask me how that works. I just don't like a raw tomato. And I also didn't eat it on my dry breaky. Um, okay. So, now, that thing that you don't like, for some people it might be uh, meat. For some people it might be um, a sp sport. To, um, yeah, just anything you don't like. Now, one day something in your life drastically changes. And that thing you don't like for me, tomatoes. I start the tomato farm. I start selling tomatoes. I make a Facebook page, Instagram page. I wear tomato clothes. I not made of tomatoes. I know that was what he was thinking. <coughs> I'm just this ambassador for tomatoes. I even start a new thread for tomatoes. See, some of the guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, so I start becoming this just ambassador, ambassador, ambassador for tomatoes. And I really try, I sell tomatoes and I speak about tomatoes all day long. Don't know how you do that, but. Now, so I hope you have this, I, I hope you had a little bit of conflict in your head at the moment. That's what I wanted to get to. You must have this, how is it possible 
for this thing you don't like, you really dislike this thing. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Better. This thing I don't like, how do I start becoming an ambassador for it? Now, there's a guy, uh, he lived a few hundred years back. Um, <coughs> he's much older than I am today, or deceased, but his name was Saul from Tarsus. And um, we read about him in, in the Bible, but most of you would know him as Paul. So, Paul the Apostle, actually. And uh, before he, he became Paul, that, that's actually his new name for those who didn't know. Uh, Saul was a few things, all right? The one thing he was not is a Christian, all right? So that thing he did not like was Christians, all right? So that tomato or that whatever, Christians for Saul. So I want to read in, in I, just wanna, I took out two scriptures here, um, Philippians 3, verse 4 to 6, just, just a glimpse of who was Saul. If you can put that Philippians up for us, please, Nikita. I think the projector froze. Up the cold. Is it dead? If it's dead, we can grab it here. Hey. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 4 to 6, please. Oh, sorry, they, they were hidden a little bit here in my notes, so that, sorry, that might be on me. <laughs> sorry. I did make little crosses, but there were two scriptures here. Sorry, so that, this is on me. Um, she, there we go. Perfect. So this is, uh, this is Paul writing. <clears throat> Um, he said, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then in verse 5, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and to the law, a Pharisee. And then in verse 6, uh, a zeal, uh, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church and as to righteousness under the law of blameless. So this is just a small glimpse. So he was a Pharisee. He was a persecutor of the church, meaning he went to synagogues. He walked. He didn't have a bucky, okay? He didn't have a Ford Ranger or a Toyota. He had to walk, or maybe he was on a horse, to get to synagogues, and he argued with the synagogues um, to get Christians persecuted and actually turn away from the Lord. Uh, I read up a little bit, so, so some of the things he, he made sure that happened to them is, this is a big word, I did try practicing this, ostracism, okay? Um, if you don't know what it means, it means banishment. So people had to be sent out of that town. They were banished um, from the town if they were Christians, or flogging, um, they were whipped, they were beaten. Those are the type of things that he argued for at synagogues towards Christians. And then um, Galatians 1, verse 13 and 14, please. Galatians 1. The rest you will have from me then. 1, verse 13 and 14, please, Nikita. There we go. For you have heard <coughs> of my former life, while it was still Saul, in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God 
violently and tried to destroy it. Now, I mean, if you come to dinner from my house, I'm not going to serve you tomatoes, okay? The, like, it won't be there unless my wife buys some, all right? You won't find it in my fridge unless my wife wants. But I'm, I don't like it, so I'm not going to serve it. Now, this guy, like, he was extreme. He didn't like it. Violently and tried to destroy it, all right? You guys have this picture of who Saul was, all right? Then one day... He was on his way to Damascus, also on his way to a synagogue to go and argue these things, to go and destroy the Christian church. And we read a little bit about that in Acts 9. Um, I'm not going to try and share this. I'm going to read through uh, for us uh, through a few scriptures that will sum summarize this. What happened on the road to Damascus as he was on his way to destroy the church? Um, do you have that one? Oh, my word. I'm so sorry. Uh, Acts 9, verse 1 to 6. I'm going to open it up here so long. I don't know how this, um, Nikita, this is really not your fault. Wow, she's quick. <laughs> But Saul, still breathing. So, right, remember, this is still Saul. He's traveling to Damascus. All right. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, uh, Christian, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So bring them back. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Verse 6 says, but rise and enter the city. This is still Jesus speaking to um, Saul. Rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. All right. Whoa. Something happened. Nikita 9, Acts 9, verse 13 to 16, please. 9, 13 to 16. Something happened to, to Saul here. Something drastically he was, he saw a light flashing and Jesus spoke to him. He went into the city and in the city there was a guy called, thanks, class, <laughs> Ananias. Now Ananias was a disciple. He was already a Christian um, and he walked in, in the faith already. And um, the Lord spoke to him and he said, Lord, I have heard from many, oh, sorry, um, just quickly, uh, Jesus spoke to Ananias here, so that Ananias was already in Damascus, he was uh, living there, and Jesus spoke to him, he said, there will be a guy, go out to this street, there will be a guy um, named Saul, he cannot see, you must go lay hands on him. All right, and Ananias was like, hold on a bit. Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done 
to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Did everyone, are you all on the same page here? What just happened here? This guy saw persecuting the church, got blind, was sent still to Damascus. He's, um, the people that were walking with him, they had to guide him into the town. Um, and he had to go to a certain place. And then Jesus spoke to Ananias, uh, a faithful disciple of him, and said, please go and go lay hands on him so that he might see again. And then Ananias was like, Lord, this guy is persecuting the church. And he said, but don't worry about that. I will, I will deal with him. But he's called for the church. Now, Ananias did go. He was really a faithful disciple. And, and he went, he laid hands on him. And there, um, his name also changed from Saul to Paul. Jesus called him as Paul. Um, and, uh, and his journey there starts as a Christian. But not just a Christian. He, 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 is, he devoted himself. And that's why it was so beautiful this morning when Quipson said, Jesus wants people who are devoted to him. Because this guy devoted his life to the church, to Jesus, and to making sure the kingdom comes first. And as we read um, the Bible today, we have it, um, I mean, the biggest part of the New Testament is thanks to, to Paul, because he devoted his life, because he was faithful, because he listened to God, um, and, and he wrote letters to the different churches giving instruction and correction and all of those things. Uh, we also see Paul being quite humble through his letters, uh, a few, few scriptures that we can read about that as well. And although I'm using Paul's testimony today, I don't want to speak about Paul because even for him, it never was about him. It was always about people getting to see and getting to know Jesus and God the Father. And he knew that. He knew everything that he reached as a Pharisee and even as a, um, as a Christian, as an apostle. He knows, he knew, sorry, that it wasn't because of who he was, but because of who Jesus is. And um, there's a scripture in Galatians 4, verse 8 to 9, where we actually read just uh, uh, something on how drastically he was uh, changed by God. He writes to the Galatians, he says, Formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those um, that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Worthless 
elementary principles of the world. Whose slaves you want to be once more. So saying, you got to know God. He's writing to Christians, just bear in mind. He's writing to Christians. He says, you've gotten to know God. How can you turn back to the elementary principles, the weak and elementary principles? He's calling the things that he did <laughs> weak and elementary. Like, those are, that's nothing. And this coming from a guy who persecuted Christians. I mean, he lived radically for that. And now he's writing against that. And then there's a part um, in a letter that, that he writes to Ephesians, the Ephesian church, um, that we actually also see that he realizes that there's so much more to God than what he has experienced and that we know. And that we can read in Ephesians uh, 3, verse 18 and 19. Again, throughout all of his letters, constantly, he's just pointing towards God, pointing towards Jesus. He never takes any fame and fortune for himself. He writes in Ephesians, he says, um, he's actually praying for, for this church in, in this part of the letter. He says, this is halfway through, may, uh, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He knows it's much bigger than we can ever, ever comprehend. And that's his prayer for us as Christians even today. I mean, that's my prayer, not only for myself and my family, but for us as church, that we will get to know the full length and height and depth and breadth of God's fullness, of His, of His mercy. I know we will only one day when we change this life for, or trade this life for eternity, but I do pray that we will experience something of that while we're still in, on, on earth. And then if you guys are still not convinced that, that Paul is, is a changed man, there's a, a scripture in uh, Philippians where he writes to the church in Philippi um, that was, it just stood out for me. And I was like, man, this guy is next level. He writes this, indeed, I count everything as loss. Because the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may, may gain Christ. This guy <laughs> killed people believing in Christ, and he was like, I lost everything that I may gain Christ. Like, I was like, I, I, as I was just preparing and I read through the letters that he wrote, I got to the scripture, I was like, this guy is a changed man. And again, he's not taking any fame. He says, like, I'm nothing. God is everything. That's what I want to get to today, is man. If some of us are sitting here, I'm, I'm standing, but some of us are here today, and we've, we've met God. And we have God and we are walking with Him. And, I, and my prayer for us today is that we will not turn away from God. And there's even in, in one of his letters, I didn't write this one down, but even in, in one of his letters, 
he writes about people who walked with him faithfully, devoted to Christ, but they turned away from Christ. He actually warns about, he warns us, we can fall away from Christ. We can turn away. So make sure your heart is still devoted to Christ. So if you've met Christ and you've walked with him, don't go back to those weak and elementary principles of the world. Stay devoted. Keep on living your life fully, fully devoted to Christ every single day. And then Jesus is the, the, the testimony that, that Paul has here, the testimony that he shares here, the heart that he shares here is freely accessible for all of us. So even, even if you're here this morning and you go like, man, I, you know, I don't know if I've had that experience. I don't know if, if I've really met Jesus, the Savior. It is, it is accessible for you. It is here for you. Jesus is knocking at our door, at our heart's door, every single day. And he's, he's waiting patiently for you to open up the door. And not just to invite him, Lord, come into my life and everything will be happy, clappy. No, no, no. He wants you to invite him into your life so that you can lay down your life. So that you can rise again with him. So that you can be devoted fully and changed radically. As I've just given a few glimpses of this, Paul 